Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. This is the next episode in our Interesting Times series. Our times certainly are extremely interesting right now. A lot of things happening in Britain, so on a smaller scale. We're watching the, the Covid inquiry where the Tory government's being investigated for their incredibly bad handling of the, the Covid disaster. And it's uh, really not looking good for them, so that's quite pleasing that finally all the shit that they pulled is uh, being dragged out into the light. But more pressing is what is going on globally at the moment, I think. So I want to describe to you what I'm seeing and what I think potentially might be going on. almost seems to be a mass global movement of millions of people who have decided that they want to live in a peaceful world and they definitely don't want to live in a world where genocide is just casually done to make some more money for the weapons industry and the rich and powerful of our planet. I'm not sure if the world has ever seen anything quite like this before. I've been surprised at where these huge demonstrations are taking place because they do seem to be everywhere. And I wonder if it's at the back of a lot of people's minds. Maybe maybe consciously, maybe at the forefront of the minds, but there somewhere in the background that if the genocide of the Palestinians is just accepted and world leaders say this is fine, where do we go from there? What happens next? What's going to happen to us personally? Are we going to be next? That's got to be it's got to be swirling around in the, uh, the background thoughts, at least of a lot of the people demonstrating. I feel it is this incredible and unexpected, to be honest, move towards compassion and caring about other people. Because in a lot of the countries, if the if everyone in Gaza was killed, it, it wouldn't really directly affect them in their lives. But they just don't want this. They don't want to live in a world where this is possible, where this happens. And we have always lived in a world where this has been going on. So why why now that suddenly um, we're the it seems like there's a again this mass movement putting their foot down and saying no we are sick of your shit we're sick of killing people for money now and all this right-wing crap that we've been force-fed and the the pushback is amazing and i i find it very heartening it, it, it really is incredible and it feels like an incredible turning point for the world actually i mean could go either way we've talked a lot about when the spark of change happens who's going to control it who's going to direct this incredible energy that it produces and we've often discussed about our fears of how the far right could capture it and just take us down a very dark path like darker than we are already it's already pretty dark (laughs) 
Um, mm. But I'm wondering if the, the this is going to destroy the far right because the the far right really well, they, just they you know they love this this just genocide stuff you know it's perfect mm. makes lots of money for them and their mates gives them more power um, generates a, uh, a a culture of hate which is right up their street so they're all on the side of this. And it would seem that the it's almost almost that you could describe the the citizens are at war with the the far right governments of which there are many, including here. And it just feels like a moment a, a moment where positive change could actually happen on a, in a very big way, and the knock on effect of this is not going to just be limited to what happens in Palestine and Israel, but it's going to change the world. That's that's how I feel and that's what I see going on. Maybe not, of course. You know, we, you never know how these things are going to shift and change, but it certainly feels like a pivotal moment in a global history. So what are your thoughts on that, Pete? Well, I'm pretty much in accord with, with what you've said in its broad outline. And uh, you're right to in, to say that we don't know where it's going. It's a fool who predicts in this situation, to be honest. Um, you can see what possibilities uh, uh, open up. And of course, you you know, if you've got the eye for it, you can see the uh, manoeuvring, the geopolitical manoeuvring. And the, uh, it's just absolutely loads and loads of to and fro and diplomacy and stuff. Like Blinken, he's back in Israel today. Um, I think the US administration is trying to backpedal a little bit because they've realised it's, it's not the good look they thought it was. It's a very bad look. Yeah, I mean, you see, like, world leaders all over the place desperately floundering, yeah. trying to defend the indefensible with, oh, like, yeah. ridiculous things that a child could pick apart because they don't make any sense they don't at make all. It, they, they, don't make any, they don't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, you know. I think it's... Uh, we can do these broad brushstroke pictures, but we can also get down in the weeds with the microscope and the magnifying glass, you know, as well. And it just starts to look a little bit different if you do that, because there's nuance everywhere, of course there is. You know, so you have to be a bit careful. Um, at the same time, you can't be paralysed from thinking very hard about all this, pondering all this, speaking about it, if, if you're a person who speaks to other people, and so on, in, in the face of the, the, the difficulty, you know, and the, and the fact that the fog of war obscures everything. You know, and you can you can have like a, a backwards and forwards twenty four hours a day about who bombed the hospital. You know, is it what the BB says when they get their expert fact checkers on it? Oh, well, that's an oxymoron in itself, isn't it? You know, BBC fact checking. Who are they trying to kid? Yeah. If if you were paying close attention to what the BBC was putting out when when the establishment. Uh, suddenly, suddenly took fright at the thought that Corbyn had, had a small chance, but nevertheless a real chance of taking the the levers of state power in the UK. 
you know, and, and they decided this cannot happen. Um, uh, Mike, Mike Pompeo decided that and publicly uh, made the threat from the podium in Washington, you know, says, well, we, we won't let this happen. We're going to stop him before it even happens. Said that. The secretary, Who was Mike Pompeo? He was at the time the Secretary of State of the, the US. In, in, in other words, you know, and an ex-CIA boss. In other words, one, one, one of the top three most powerful people in the world, or four or five, you know. So, so there was no that way they were going to let it happen. Now, if you, were, if you were a witness to the BBC's comment on all that and their role in it, you know that this is not, this is not a trustworthy organisation at all. Pretty well everything that they did has been objectively, beyond the shadow of a doubt, exposed as truth and half-truth, all of it. And the great and the good abetted them in this. Archbishop of Canterbury, the chief rabbi, um, members of Corbyn's own party, Ian Austin, who got rewarded by the Tories with a peerage for stabbing Corbyn in the back on national radio. Yeah. It was fucking awful to know. It was, it was fucking awful because you knew, yeah. you, you knew as, a, as, a, as a fact that it wasn't true. And, yeah. the, and at the time, myself, I kind of joined the Labour Party to support Corbyn and then I was told I was an anti-Semite <laughs> and the racist yeah. by the great and the good. And that's when I did really, really fall out with them. I've never had much truck for the great and the good in this country or around the world. They're all wankers. Most of them were born with a silver spoon or they... Or they crawl up the ship pile by what amounts to criminal certainly deeply immoral behaviour fuck them the lot of them but that really that really put the seal on it for me and how is the BBC because I've, I've been looking at different news sources to yeah. that so I don't well, know well I'm, I'm saying, saying, I'm so saying they, fact, saying, they yeah. fact checked they yeah. claim they fact checked yeah. and got their experts to look at the, the rocket that fell on, <sighs> on the hospital yeah. and saying that it was a um, and uh, not an Hamas rocket, but an- another Islamic movement, a small Islamic movement in Gaza that fired a rocket and it, it misfired and blew up and the bits fell on the, the hospital and set fire to the car park. So you've got people all over Twitter saying, oh, it was just a car park fire and Hamas is saying 50 people were killed or whatever it is, you know. So you have all those arguments and then the BBC wades in and fact checks and you think, well... And then people will repeat, well, it's true because the BBC said so. This is the fog of war. Yeah. But the BBC that, yeah. is objectively unreliable on these matters. Objectively unreliable. I'll listen to them this morning, you know. It's, it's a propaganda outfit. I mean, they're trying to nudge people into thinking that, like, uh, yeah. uh, Israel truly is just defending itself by just yeah. just genociding the yeah. uh, Palestinians. It's, a, it's, it's a genocide. Israel, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm saying it in it. They are attempting a genocide and they're consciously doing it. Why do we know? Because they told us. They told us you can get, you can go and listen to the, the top people in the Israeli government saying, without without equivocation, that the goal is to flatten the entire thing, just wipe them out, and then the problem's over. Of course, it won't be. But uh, you know, Jerry, Jeremy Corbyn, God bless his soul, peace be upon him. You know, yeah. so uh, rightly said at the time of the Iraq War, the, the Iraq War, the consequences of this will roll on, producing misery for people for generations. And they all went, oh, fucking <coughs> allotmentist, jam maker, hippie. And is he right or is he right? Of course he's right, we know this. 
and that and that and, and, and that is what's why there should be a ceasefire. Is is to just stop build, building up layers and layers and layers and layers of res resentment and revengefulness, even more than you already have done. All of you, everybody in the world, stop now. Just stop. Nobody else should should die. And the, but the obscene idea that certainly again the BBC pushes this because they basically act as stenographers for the 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 governments who are disgusting. The Western governments are disgusting, all of them, yeah. absolutely, utterly deprived and disgusting. Deprived. There should there should be there should be war war, tri war, war tribunals, and they, they 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 should be to protect the human race. They should be locked up. They are a danger to the human race. You know. So what's emerging for me is is uh, similar to you that there is that is is a lot of people are saying that the situation is really well. My government's nothing to do with me. It doesn't think like me. It doesn't emote like me. It doesn't hold the same morals as me. They're not the same kind. They're people who they're almost a caste that's been educated for this this role of callousness, and I believe that to be the case through through and Nemo techniques of pain, you know. Because there is a political class or a political caste. Yeah. And you get political dynasties, even in America, which prides itself. They got rid of monarchy, but they, but they and, and aristocracy, but they produced a mirror image of it with celebrity culture and, and and dynastic families like the Bushes, for instance. You know, when the Bush families, an oil a Texas oil family that produced two presidents, one family, two presidents, father and son. And and the governor of Florida and a few, you know, but they they basically the, the the big oil the political wing of big oil you know, <laughs> mm. so yeah, there's a number of things have come out. So I think you're right, but but I think we might be being a bit optimistic. I, I think of the people on the street. Not 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 everybody's wishing for, um, you know, they're just just he 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 shilling for compassion. A lot of them, I think, probably some of those demos that. A few people who are not, you know, I mean, some some people will be wanting to push their governments to wade in. Though I do, I do think what I'm picking up is that the main sentiment is yes, you just just stop killing these human beings for fuck's sake. Yeah, well, I think it's, well, it's disgusting, it's really horrible, and it's, a, it's, it's to stop their governments from continuingly yeah. uh, arming Israel. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Because there's there's a lot there's big books at stake. Yeah, I mean the other thing that the, the other thing that emerges is quite what the firm grip, the hegemon has got on the world. It's a very very firm grip, you know. Some of the leaders have, have been a little bit shaken by the size of, of the responses they've got from their publics, and this is uh, this is huge in the Arab world, which the the the, the BBC never reports on it. World service early in the morning, or very, very seldom. What's happening on the Arab Street, as Vijay Prashad calls it? Of course, he's got his ear to the ground on the Arab Street, and if you want to find out, go and see if you can find him on YouTube or somewhere. Vijay Prashad, great Indian uh, academic historian uh, and journalist and writer, wonderful analyst. Um, 
he's got his ear to the ground on the Arab street. So if you want to know what's happening there and how that figures in their internal politics, it's worth a listen. But he, he makes the point that those governments uh, have really got to step very fucking cautiously. They're on a knife edge. They're on a knife edge, you know. But their own street, their own street yeah. is ready to fucking explode. So that they, that they have to... Um, and this, this partly explains why, why um, Bush was snubbed. Uh, not Bush. I was calling Bush Biden because it begins with a B, and he's a he's a he's a homicidal, democidal, um, genocidal. T- I call him genocide Joe. You know, so okay, that's why I mistakenly keep thinking he's Bush. He's not. He's Biden, isn't he? But uh, but Bi- Biden. Um, when I, the first time he went over, well, when he went over to Israel last week or whenever it was, he he um, he wouldn't he wouldn't issue. A call for a ceasefire, so that the Arab, the Arabs, are, the Arab leaders who were going to meet him in Jordan for a summit, cancelled it. Oh. That's enormously significant. The Arab world can't cancelled. They snubbed the president on his way over. He was in Air Force and they snubbed him. Says we've cancelled the meeting. So what do you he, think this signifies? Well, it's it's it signifies that the street. He's telling them you've got to, you've got to, you've got to at least morally back the Palestinians. You've got to. They're Arabs like us, is what they're saying. You know. And and and, and it's, you you want to see the crowds, you know. Yeah, I mean, it is massive. It's astonishing. Some of these, are, these are people on the streets in countries where the governments don't really are not really all that keen on demonstrations, but they're out. Yeah. People so, seem pretty determined so, to so, have so, their voice. So that's enormously significant. So out of that you get, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking this from Vijay Prashad, you get the phenomenon of the Queen of Jordan, who's a very, very regal woman. She's a queen and she knows it, you know. Going on, on Jordanian TV, being interviewed and making mincemeat of the interviewer over all this Israel's right to, you know, and, and and just making mincemeat of them, saying it's got to stop, it's got to stop. But the, 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 the royal family must have sat down and really contemplated every syllable there and really schooled her, you know. Wow. Uh, uh, you, you know, and, and the advisors. And so, so and that, it's a big deal, right? In in the system of symbols that operates yeah, in that yeah. kind of, in that kind of in that society, it's a big deal. But she did it, and she was magnificent. I've seen it. It's it's quite something. Um, you know, it's that 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 is why you know that they're, they're being very very jumpy about the the strait of the Arab Strait. But do our people report it? You know, and of course these are the countries that surround Israel. It's a little tiny dot on the map, up to the size of Wales. You know, and there's one point nine billion Arabs. You know, somewhat like that. Enormous, enormous group people who have the bond of, of religion uh, most of them not all Arabs are Muslims but most are and speak in the same language so that's something that doesn't get picked up and they're, they're pretty pissed but Europe's pissed you know the public are pissed the Irish a few states have, have actually done the well I say a few it's it's the big hegemonic states. It's the G seven that are that are that are, call, that are refusing to call for a ceasefire. Hundred and twenty of the world's countries have called for a ceasefire. Hundred and twenty, 
There's 190-odd countries in the world. 120 have called the ceasefire. You wouldn't think that if you listened to the BBC this morning. No. It's all Tom Tugendhat, Minister for Minister for fucking farts in pop bottles or whatever the fuck he is, coming on and, and pretending to be calm and, and as though nothing's happened and Israel's got its right, you know, but... But then they're, they're all now thinking we're going to have to we're going to have to try and pu- pull them off a bit because the world won't stand it, you know. But but obscene, obscene, and 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 the 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 presenters letting him get away with it. A couple of curveball questions, but not really, not really. You wouldn't think that the Arab street was on the thing that on on the, you know that the Arab, that the Arab people were on the streets like there's no tomorrow, right? And the people on the streets all around the world, that London's seen demos that he hasn't seen since the Iraq war. Week after week. Incidentally, with, with good contingencies of, of Jews turning up to support the Palestinians. Yeah, well, there's even uh, demonstrations in Israel against this as yeah, well. There is, well there? I, mean the th- the, I mean, the other thing, that you, you hear a bit about this, but the other thing that you can kind of... You can go and read chapter and verse of just Israeli politics, say, for the last 12 months or the last six months, or the last 75 years, if you like. But but the recent politics is the, is the place is falling apart anyway, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and Netanyahu is just a far-right ideologue. He's really, really... He's, he's a, I, I don't have any qualms in calling him a fascist. You know, he, he exhibits pretty well most of the uh, the the um, the qualities. You know, he ticks most of the boxes on fascism. You know, he really does. But of course, he was, he's 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 facing fraud charges himself in the Israeli courts. But but his government, which is a far kind of a coalition, with they've got some very far right people and some very beyond the pale ministers, worse than ours, by several grades. You know, and. Uh, they tried. They've tried to sort of remove the power of the the, the, the courts, particularly Supreme. They have a Supreme Court, you know, so that that they can accrue more power to themselves. The Boris Johnson manoeuvre, you know, yeah, and, uh, and the manoeuvre that the far right classically does, that Hitler did, that Mussolini did. They classically first thing they do is tame the judiciary. So there's no there's the, the, there's no kind of institutional opposition to their power, because it's all about concentrating power. And he wants that so he can kind of wage war in the in the region, probably. And certainly, you know, the project is to clear Palestinians out of, I don't know, historical Palestine. I don't know what you call what you call it. You know, to clear to clear them out either by killing them or expelling them or both. Um, and there's no doubt that this is a big live agenda in Israel. You just have to kind of, you know, um, go and listen to what they say. And so there's, there's plenty of Israelis who are right thinking and, and, and demonstrating against this genocide. But there's there's plenty of Israeli citizens, and they're in they're in Israel because they're because uh, they're Zionists. That's why they're there. Yeah. But there's plenty who don't want it as well, though. There's quite a good number don't want it, but it's quite a lot do. Mm-hmm. And uh, but certainly like, the great and the good in in Israel. The ones with the, 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 their hands on the limbs of power, obviously they can dispose of the army and the military and, the, uh, and these far-right settlers, right? It's a big movement. You can't underestimate the movement. We want to think that there's some decent people there, you know, but there's, a lot of, there's, a, there's a lot also a lot of backing for the genocide. 
and people who righteously believe that, that that's what they've got to do and it should be done and they will celebrate it. Yeah, just to just to, to mention here, just in case you didn't know, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, the uh, this Israeli move to wipe out the uh, Palestinians is because they want their land because uh, God said the land belonged to them, really. Oh, they did, yeah. I mean, Netanyahu himself more or less says that. He, he, he tries to use b- biblical justification. Well, that's just beyond the pile, isn't it? Yeah, you know it's absolutely it's not that 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 is you know I keep trying to say that one of the the very psychological essence of fascism is irrationality, yeah, psychosis, psychotic irrationality. You know, its economic core is you know corporations and governments completely meshed in with each other. We're already there. Israel's certainly there. You know. Um, yeah, it's completely bonkers. It's completely, bonkers. completely, absolutely bonkers. Meanwhile, people are dying. Yeah, and 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 Starmer's quibbling about, oh well, we can't we can't have a, we can't have a, he, he's had a right shock he has you know, we can't have a ceasefire but we can have we can have a pause so it gets a made in, yeah. so you can feed them up and then you can go and bomb the fuckers again just put, let's tease them let's fatten them up and give them a bit of hope and then we'll go we'll go and screw the fuckers again that'll be fun won't it Yeah, he's like wriggling like a worm on a hook yeah isn't he absolutely yeah but if you if you if you read the mainstream papers. You know, the oligarch and press, and if you if you if you listen to the BBC and Sky and all these, for the most part, you're not going to see any of this. It's almost like they do live in a mirror world, either that or they pretend to, or they present a mirror world where where, where left is right and up is down and black is white and white. You know, they live in a mirror world. Yeah. But this stuff is actually fucking happening. Like a good analogy would be sort of what's just, just happening. Like something I don't know, just just hear me out and see if this is a bit too simplistic. It seems like the equivalent of when the IRA was doing their thing and they were they were doing some bombing in Britain, the the British government decides, right, we've had some bombs, we're gonna go and kill everyone in Ireland. <laughs> I mean, it's like mm. that's that that feels like you could like yeah. everyone will just mm. level island because of these because of mm. these few these these small attacks which Mm-mm. are coming in. Um, I mean, is that I've, too? That's a bit simplistic. I, I, I think um, it is. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah. the situation the situations similar. are not are not a, are not an, an analogous, and you know the trouble the troubles you know kicked off big style in the sixties and then fin- the, then then the peace process kind of like. Turning, turning it all down. There's still grumblings there, you know, of things, but it's not what it was by any means. And uh, I don't think Tony Blair can really take the credit for that. I'll give the credit to Mo Molan for that. And the uh, what, what was the American senator who um, really, really used his clout to make all that happen. But no, it's a different situation. But having said that, if you look at the history of Ireland, since Ireland was... was um, Colonized by the English, centuries and centuries ago, they, they, the, the the English, the British state, the UK state as it became, uh, um, committed atrocity after atrocity in Ireland over centuries. So a bit similar then. If you if you look at it like like that, well, it's colonialism, and it was settler colonial colonialism, but you know, which is what Israel is, it's a settler colonialist state. You know, and Ireland was that was that the, the north they they called it the plantation, 
and the, the, the Northern Ireland Protestants would, were, were shipped there by the British from Scotland, they're Scottish, Scottish Protestants, right, to farm the, the six counties in the north to produce produce for the for mainland Britain, you know, and and they, and they were deliberately chosen to be Protestants. In other words, so they could they could form an anti-Catholic culture in a corner of Ireland. You know, it's, it was all it was all deliberate. But now they now the the the, the descendants of those people. I mean, that, that's their home. Of course, it is. They've been there for generations by now. I mean, Oliver Cromwell. Oh, well, Oliver Cromwell massacred Ireland. The potato famine, where they refused, they refused food. You know, just killed, killed, wiped out the population almost. Yeah. You know, and uh, or, or people either starved or they went to America. They just got on the boat and went to America with a penny in their pocket, you know. Terrible, the suffering of the Irish is off the scale. Yeah. And that, that is why they sympathise, because they do have a memory of it. Now, the Irish government, I think, has been on the side of history. South America also. South America, I forget, is it, I think Bolivia is, it might be Bolivia, has called the, have sent the, the Israeli ambassador, they've sent him home. They've called home their own ambassador. And, and there is this, this South, Latin America, and I, I will look at the detail of this, but by and large, they're going ceasefire now and breaking off diplomatic relations. The, the Communist Party of China, their line is there should be a ceasefire now. Too many people are dying. Chinese the Communist Party. So you can expect the, the anti-China rhetoric, which is fucking hot enough to be ramped up some more, which I've noticed. It's what they're doing. So we've got to ramp up the rhetoric on China. It's obvious that they've got to do that. You know. And again, many African countries, they're not very, they're not very keen on what's happening, you know. So let's just talk a little bit about uh, why is that this tiny country of Israel is so fantastically well armed? Where are they coming from, and who's funding them? It's just, just, just for anyone who doesn't know, let's pop that in there. Well, the the United States uh, gives Israel aid every year. It's of the tune of three to four billion. I think it was three point eight billion last year, something like that. That's the that's the ballpark. I don't remember detail figures and names. I'm old. It is a lot of but money, it's, though, it's, isn't it? It's a lot of money for. Well, there's, uh, it depends who you ask. Actually, trying to ascertain the population, but it looks like Israel's about fourteen million, and seven million of them are, are uh, Arabs, Palestinians, and seven million of them are Jews. Right, but the the official government. Of the state of Israel is, a, 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 you know, a government composed almost entirely of um, Zionist Jews at the moment. And can you just just define what a Zionist Jew is? I mean, Zionism is the, Zionism, is the, Zionism is the doctrine that there should be a Jewish homeland. It's just that that is what it is. But you can be a Christian Zionist. In fact, you know, if you want to know why why Bush. You ask me about about Israel. Why this tiny country? Why why does it get this much money to spend on arms, which it spends on American arms? But it also has its own arms industry. Israel is a big exporter of arms. You know, it it's it's fascist entanglement of government and 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 corporation is precisely that. It has an arm. It has an arms industry. 
at the centre, which is both, and, and the massive military. I mean, the military's huge. I mean, it is a militarised country, right? Get, get your address. Everybody goes in the army for the training spell, so everybody knows how to shoot. Everybody. I mean, it's 18 for a couple of years. I don't know what it is, but it's men and women. So basically, all the, all the citizens are, are, are actually combatants. And they've called, and everybody's a reservist. And they called them up for this to surround Gaza. 300,000 in the country, in, out of a stock of 7 million to choose from. It's, it's a heavily militarised country. And surprise, surprise, its chief export is, is arms. And, and uh, they also sell stuff for crowd control. They're the world experts on crowd control. They're the world they experts on, on breaking up insurrections. Mm -hmm. They train the police forces of other parts of the world in dealing with, uh, you know, social unrest and arresting people in houses who might be armed. They teach the world how to do this. Israel is the laboratory of the arms industry. Genocide Joe, this is my, if you want, look, a big lurid take. Genocide Joe is, 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 the, is, the, is the architect. He's the one who's responsible, at least. He may not be the architect, but he can. In the end, when they have to queue up at the pearly gates and, and give an account to himself, he's the one's going to take the can. He's ultimately responsible. Genocide Joe is responsible. And what's he doing there with his two aircraft carrier down there? Well, he's, he's letting he's, he's, he's attack dogs, the Israelis, which is what they are. They are, he's, they, are he's, they describe it as this, they mean, a stationary aircraft carrier in the Middle East. Hence all the militarism, the militarism, right? I mean, all that 3.8 billion gets spent on guess what? Weapons. Exactly that, <laughs> weapons, weapons, yeah. and state-of-the-art weapons. Yeah. Including an Air Force and a Navy. And where do they buy them from, I wonder? Well, they make their own, but they buy them from America and they buy them from Britain. Mm. They have, the Israeli government, stroke cor fascist corporate, corporate state, has got factories in Britain which make weapons. I think they're called Elbit or something, Elbit, I think they've got one at Litchfield. But they've been occupied, you know, on and off by people trying to stop them. Manufacturing weapons. I mean, I found that heartwarming when they got on the roof at the one, the one factory, the protesters. And the police came and said, we can't go up there. We don't, we're, it's health and safety. We can't go on the roof to get them down. Go and fetch the fire brigade. Fire brigade comes, says, where's the fire? And they said, no fire. We want you to just go up and get them. They said, you ain't doing that. And it, besides, we agree with them. And they got it back in the fire engine and went home. So the guy's still on the roof, you know. In fact, this weekend at the one place, they were dismantling the place from the top down. They said, let's just dismantle it. And I think that is the strategy. The yeah. street yeah. needs to get past walking up and down the street, shouting and waving things. We need to, let's just, let's, let us gently and, and correctly demolish the whole apparatus of oppression, a little bit, bit by bit, starting on the factory of, on the roof of, a, of an Israeli factory, manufacturing weapons of death for killing babies and take it apart. Just go there and just let's just demolish it. And then the next thing, then the next thing. Because it seems to me there's enough people, enough mass, enough critical mass now on the world to do that. If people could just get their head around the project, you know. And also, they, we over the last few days, yeah. we've been talking about the role of the unions because, like, yeah. they... Uh, these weapons of mass destruction and all all this all this, yeah. this these these torture implements that being made cannot be made without if the workers refuse to do it yeah. they cannot be shipped anywhere if yeah. the dockers refuse to load anything mm. uh, or if the uh, yeah. the 
Um, the, yeah. tran- the, the train drivers refuse to drive the, the trains to, to yeah. take the, the items yeah. to wherever they're going. The people have power, actually, to stop war yeah. by just refusing to take part. Yeah, and, and, and that accounts for the intensity of, 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 of the propaganda. War, and it is, it's very, very intense. Because mm. one thing that mustn't happen from the point of view of the establishment is that the people actually get wing- wind of that simple proposition. We have the power to stop all this shit. Yeah, and and a lot of people are sensing. Not everybody. It's a bit. It's a step too far for some people because it, it does. You have to. You do have to look into the heart of the beast, you know. But a lot of people are realizing that you know our governments really, really are our enemies. The in yeah. these in these in in these the the, the the so-called developed countries. Our governments are our enemies. They're not like us at all. No. It's not like I'm going to say, oh, they're animals or they're a different species. They are human beings, but uh, but but their, their position in life and 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 in within the kind of uh, the caste cult of of, the, of governments, the Westminster bubble, to put it in in a slightly more polite manner, um, pr- produces a, a, ca- a character type or attracts a character type, which is just frankly sadistic, necrophiliac. Um, captured, captured by a, 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 an unruly death instinct, and just plain nasty, and all about the power, all about the power, and all about the status quo. Don't matter whether they're ostensibly left, ostensibly right. In many, many instances, Starmer's not going to do anything any different, except tiny bits of detail, tiny bits of tarting up of the wrapping that you get it all in, which is what Tony Blair did, you know few crumbs from the table some pretty some pretty pictures to kind of like deflect your attention and then business as usual let's fucking blow some brown people to smithereens and make a lot of money in the process but also is there uh, some sort of um very weird thing going on with the uh, the far right in america because they believe that uh Armageddon was going to happen in Israel, and yeah. um, so they've actually engineered it to make it happen. Yeah, well, it's the, yeah, of course. Again, so what, what we've got, what we've got here is um, again the the the, the, ration, the rationality at the core of fascism. You know, it, fascism mobilizes that kind of irrationality. The people of the book irrationality. You know, so. Netanyahu standing up and saying the Bible says kill them all, therefore we should kill them all. You know, for public consumption, for for the Israeli public consumption, for world consumption, the Israeli army is the most moral army in the world, and we always we always obey international law very very scrupulously. At home, we're going to wipe them all out. They're animals, and we will not sleep till every last man jack of them's killed because it says so in the Bible. That irrationality is at the core, the psychological core of fascism. It, ta- it can then take many forms, but it's fundamentally this, the, the, this lack of basic reason, as well as basic compassion, that goes without saying, but also basic reason. Right? Same thing applies. This is the, the irony and the tragedy. The tragedy of all this is off the scale because we have exactly that same fascist irrationalism in the US and uh, Chris Hedges calls it the Christo-fascist right and that's the, these kind of white supremacists J- Jesus freaks <laughs> you know the evangelicals 
And many of these people, again, they just espouse fascist ideology, white supremacist ideology, in the name of religion. So you can imagine that their, their, their kind of take on religion is deeply, deeply irrational. You they know. still have immense political power, don't but they? But they also they they act, they they, they act, the voters are block, mm. and every leader, every no no leader in America can stand up and say I'm an atheist. You know, they can't. It's it's still it's re religion is is in, in 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 the US is as it was in the UK in in in, in Western Europe. In, in in the 19th century we've pretty well sloughed it off in Europe but in the land of the free in the land of the free so they've still got it but the, the yeah. Christian fascist right they, they, they like the book of revelations and, and of course we, we're, do, we, we're doing these ongoing talks about apocalypse which of course is the word used in the book of revelations for basically the end of the world you know the horrible descent of the world into war pestilence famine and, and just general psychotic insanity and terrible, terrible suffering. The end of the world. It's, I mean, sometimes it's called Armageddon. And the reason for that is that there's a passage somewhere in the Bible about the end of the world starting at a village called Armageddon, which actually is in the Holy Land. There is in Israel a village called Armageddon, a real village called Armageddon. I don't know what goes down there, you know, but there is one. And so the, 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 these adult... Um, miseducated fucking white supremacists down there in in, in um, Christian fascist land actually think oh, of course all of this is literally true you know this is literally they, these are the these are the people that, that say oh yeah dinosaurs are real oh, and you get to the you can get to the you can get to the um, you can get to the you can get to the um, <laughs> the Genesis Museum somewhere, and there's a pic they've got like a model of Jesus riding a, riding on the back of a dinosaur with a saddle, <laughs> you know. So yeah. you know these are those people, and 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 that that they actually literally literally believe the world's going to end at Arm Armageddon, and and therefore we must do everything that we can to make sure that Israel is protected because this village is in Israel, so they're Zionists. The Zionists, they're anti-Semites because the Jews are Christ killers, but they're Zionists at the same time because on the, on their kind of totally adult science fiction, you know, been been hitting the moonshine reading of the Bible. They've got to protect Israel because this is where the last reckoning's going to happen, and God's going to fucking rain brimstone on the earth, you know, and then the saved. Which is them, of course. Yeah. Will will have the rapture, and they'll be took up to heaven, and the rest of us are going to going to boil in the lake of fire forever. Yeah. So, on the basis of that, American presidents have to have to be very sort of nice to Israel. It's just but also absolutely crazy. You know, there, there there is also a Jewish Zionist lobby in in, in the US. But a lot of somebody was saying the other day, a lot of US Jews don't don't give a fig about Israel. And, and in fact, you know, at Grand Central Station this week, there was a huge demo at the station. There was a sit-in. I, I think it stopped the station from functioning. And it was New York Jews having a sit-in and, and saying, I don't know what they're having, uh, they're having a sit-in. And they've got these, cut, these waistcoats on with not in my name on it, you know, protest, showing solidarity with the Palestinian people. Not with Hamas, with the Palestinian people. Mm. You know. Jews. Are they being arrested or are they being left to it? Um, 
I think they kind of got left to it in the US. Uh, they uh, uh, they got a loud voice there. Got a loud voice there, actually. But but a similar thing happened. I don't know whether this was like a a, a deliberate sort of semiological echo, because it, it happened at St Pancras Station in London, which is where the the Eurostar goes. You know, so it's a big, it's an international station, really. And the, and and Jews, um, in. Uh, Pretty well filled up, filled up the foyer, you know, the ticket hall at St Pancras the other day. I forget when it was. It was either yesterday or the day before. And I think it's actually happened twice in London, but this this particular one. And they had a praying, they're praying for peace. Meanwhile, Suella Braverman is saying oh, yeah. that, 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 that Jews in Britain are shitting themselves because they think they're going to kind of be dragged from the beds, beds by, by terrorists and killed. No, no anti-Semitism attacks have gone up, as have as have kind of Islamophobic attacks have also gone up, you know. And this is very, very, very sad, and it always happens. Yeah. And uh, but and and I, and I do think there's some there are some Jewish people who are very frightened, but I think they've been fucking whipped up to that. You know, they've been they've been frightened by their by right-wing Jewish ideologues in this country, you know, you know, the supporters of Israel have told them that and they believe it. But that these marches, we've, we, there's going to be another one tomorrow, it'll be the fourth one tomorrow in London and in big cities all around the country. People, again, that don't report that. It's everywhere. Every, the British people are not really fucking going to take this, you know, even though nobody knows what to do, but they're not, they're not happy. 70% support the Palestinian people. Because yeah, we've been told, despite what we've been told again and again and again, and and and, and the Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, right, mm. herself a descendant of refugees, calls yeah. those marches hate marches. Oh yeah, God. And the, but there are Jews, there are posses of Jews on those marches. Why aren't they frightened for their life? If there is a good reason for Jews to be frightened of their life, because of these marches, if there are Jews amongst them. Doesn't make any sense. So it's obviously propaganda what she's coming out with, yeah. you know. But the, but the people are seeing through. See, this to, to my mind, the spark in this moment is 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 many many millions of people on this planet, and now they might have suspected it before. Yeah. Laura, that, that their governments really are not on their side at all. Yeah. They pretend to be, and a lot of people think, oh yeah, it's all right. But then suddenly it's like. It's like you've been walking it's around. It's a massive crack, isn't there now? It's like you've been walking around with a bag on you and somebody's whipped it off. Yeah. And there you can see it. You can see it. These Western governments are just, they do not work for us at all. We are their serfs. So that's, that, to my mind, that is, that is what is going on. But you, you have to qualify everything with fucking nuance, you know. The fog of war. I mean, but I mean, but, but I, I, I think. You know the geopolitical role of Israel is it was to act as this this aircraft carrier in the uh, in, in at the, at the far east of the Mediterranean, and even the original con one of the original concepts of, of Zionism and the way they sold it to Western governments was to say well it'll act as a bulwark against the Oriental horde coming into Europe. You know, but you can see why America would have wanted. Stationary aircraft carrier, armed to the fucking teeth, slap bang in the, in the gateway of the Middle East. Because what is the Middle East? 
It's well, it's uh, f- for the whole of the twentieth century. It's the the world's biggest oil reserve. You know, Iran, Iraq, right, pretty well right next door. You know, Syria's got oil. Actually, Gaza. There's oil off the coast of Gaza and gas. Surprise, surprise. You know, but the big the big oil fields: Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran. The set the southern Caucasus. It's it's sort of like. You know, and then all the gas, all the gas and oil in in North Africa. And it's, it, you know, America has an interest in that because they burn most of it and profit most of it, and most of it is traded in petrodollars. In other words, the US dollar, which is as I would keep saying, it's a currency which uh, it's not proof of stake, it's not proof of work, it's proof of war. The dollar is backed by the American military and the fact that if you fuck about with them. We'll, we'll, we'll bomb your country back to the Stone Age, as they did with Iraq. Because basically, you know, you know, Saddam Hussein was making moves to sell his oil independently. As was another unfortunate gentleman in that region, Colonel Gaddafi in Libya. They just got taken out straight away, and their countries are reduced, and they're still reduced. They're now chaotic, failed states of places. They're terrible, terrible places, full of human misery. Because you know they they kind of they they kind of they stirred a bit under Uncle Sam's yoke, and so this is why I say very luridly and, and, and admittedly polemically and hyperbolically, but nevertheless, genocide Joe is showing you what you'll get if you don't behave yourself, if you don't tell our line. Because remember, the ultimate thing that's going on is the American Empire is collapsing, and the Chinese. The, the, and, and, and China is rising uh, in terms of economic, military strength, influence around the world. It's already forming blocks, bricks. We talked about this. We were talking about this before anybody else was talking about it, because we spotted the way they were trying to they were trying to like create a currency that would that would, would that would that would that would that would leg up the dollar. Is the hegemonic currency on the planet? Is the instrument of American hegemony on the planet? Mm. And they've been doing it for ages. They've been working on it with Russia for ages and Iran, and they've done deals. They did a deal for oil with Iran a couple of years ago, billions and billions, a ten-year deal, and it's, it gets paid in in in, in uh, chi- you know yuan. China has, has now got its its central bank digital currency, and they've made payments for oil with it. Now already, you know. Plus the formation of all these trade alliances in the Pacific region. America's losing the grip, and it, it is now inevitable that it will go down. It's reached it's reached the point where it, it, it just will go down. But Joe's Joe's well, it's going to go down kicking and screaming. Obviously, yeah. genocide. Joe's said, well, because people are pushing back against them now. And then you can say, well, if you if you push, this is what we'll do to you. Now that is admittedly hyperbolic, you know, and over the top. But you know, at some level, there's a truth in it. You know, it's a very broad, garish, cartoonish truth. But there is. It's all. It's all horrible, horrible cracks and symptoms that, as, as the world fragments, as the American Empire fucking go, crashes down. You know, but they take a long time. The British Empire took took. Uh, Good hundred years, really. You know, near as damn it. It's certainly, certainly fifty years. But really, it's it's still it's still losing. It's still suffering from it. 
The Roman the Romans took a lot longer because it thing was slower. It took hundreds of years. This this the, I mean, America they, they've had they've probably they've had a hundred years, you know, of global dominance really. And um, so I th- I think that the the far right is going to find it quite difficult to gain control of this uh, this the you know, the spark of anger on the street, as as we d- discussed uh, so often. Because they they just they're just trapped in a in um, a kind of chasm of contradictions. Like for instance, here mm. um, uh, our far right uh, government and media uh, said, "Oh, you know, we, we must support the Ukraine, the poor Ukrainians <laughs> being um, mm. uh, being bombed and attacked, and these terrible things happening to them, and we must hate the Russians now." And and uh, all of that was like pushed very hard. But uh, fuck the Palestinians; they're being invaded. But kill them all because that's fine. Yeah. It's like they they all you see them yeah. doing the interviews, and they're just there's this this is kind of brought up, and it's so impossible. They are de- absolutely de- trying to defend the completely indefensible, and they're and they're tying themselves in knots yeah, trying they are, to. Yeah come out as any kind yeah. of reasonable voice yeah. that but that people but, should listen to and follow yeah. and vote for next well, time but ne- nevertheless those are the voices which are which our, our media present to us those are the, it's those voices which we're presented with mostly mm-hmm. i mean they do the managed opposition thing they'll bring in somebody else yeah. oh, no, yeah. but this is the time for the left-wing independent media ga- gathering strength by yeah. the day, they've got. They are. They are. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it is correct. The legacy media, uh, they'll be gone. They'll be gone in ten years. They'll just be completely gone. Yeah. The media landscape will be quite different. But there's a huge battle for the internet. Look how many. Look how many laws are being passed about the internet. A lot of it's pretty fucking spur- spurious. You know, it's it's on the basis of moral panics and things that. You you won't stop, you won't stop the nefarious stuff that goes down on the fucking dark dark web or even the mind. You it's impossible to stop it. You know, with 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 local national laws. Mm. So it, the agenda is ra- is actually rather different. You know, the the agenda is we have to control this. Who controls information controls the world, and we see, we're seeing that very very amply illustrated now as well. You know, because the ferocity of the propaganda war now is it's off the scale. You know, mm. but it, that, that that to my mind is a good a good sign because it shows that the legacy, the legacy media are just not getting it all, all in their own way. We put out the announcement, and then that can kind of rest in the beds, knowing that the majority of people will swallow it. No longer, it is quite it's a unique moment in many many ways. It's also a terrifying moment. You know. So I don't know what was going through the minds of Hamas when they did that thing, because they will have planned, and, and they, I'm pretty sure they got some rather unpleasant but very clever people at the top who do know, who do have a bit of a handle on geopolitics. So I don't know what they were thinking. Um, was something important was just about to happen before before they did that, wasn't there? Well, yeah, uh, this strikes me as significant. That this may have been going through the minds is is that. Uh, speculative of course but the the uh, americans have worked very very hard to try and stabilize the region as they might put it uh by getting israel and the surrounding arab countries which are historically hostile to this the very idea of israel to 
to sign accords and um, you know to, to normalise relationships. That means they didn't get that exchange. Jam ambassadors, they do trade and so forth, and the whole thing, the whole region had become much more peaceful. But probably for for Hamas would have perceived that as though the moral support and sometimes actual physical support they get from their Arab brothers and sisters uh, w w would w would be less forthcoming given that they're now are in formal friendly diplomatic relationships with Israel which they've never been I mean Jordan has a treaty with Israel but the thought of Saudi you know doing that and it, they must, uh, uh, people are already isolated leading lives and lives of misery if you, you, know, you just have a, a bit of a sense of what Gaza, Gaza was, you know, and that has been since it, since it came into being, you know. I can't I can comprehend li living under those, those conditions, you know. And um, I think, I think the, the, the people in general, and, 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 as, as well as any, any sort of activists, for, for the cause of um, ameliorating the misery of, of, of the Palestinian people. Um, must have felt even more friendless. As a result of these initiatives yeah. and they might have wanted to scupper them, you know, but I, I think there's somebody there with, with a geopolitical vision that goes beyond even that you know um, but of course they also are, 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 are been uh, irrationalist they're driven by their trauma and pain into this deep irrationalism you know Israelis have, uh, you know that they also have a history of deep trauma and pain you know driven by irrationalism and, and of course the, the, the whole thing being potentiated by the need of American politicians to 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 get the vote of these Christian fascists who, who are also driven by like generations of pain and suffering you know in their case being poor whites you know in the south yeah. who, who, who are racist because it, it gives them the comfort of the somebody below us the somebody who we can who we can demand Steps off the pavement to make way for us. Yeah. They're products of, they were on the wrong side of an apartheid system, too. Now, systems corrupt everybody who comes near them, in the sense of, you know, or damage the souls, I might say. I don't mean corrupt in the sense of people just jump into the arms of the devil because <laughs> they got the opportunity, but just, just broken, damaged. Just by but not by not being able to live a fully expressive human life. So there's all that in there as well. It, 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 it's a terrible, terrible, hopeless, hopeless situation. But the whole thing, is, is, as I said, has is, is whipped the bag off the head of a very, very great number of people, from what I can see. Yeah. And it's, I mean, really, it's a moment that's got it's got to be got to be grasped. Boy, I don't know what you might. I don't know. Just right-thinking people, right-thinking, right-feeling people. Just human people, people with some humanity have got to grasp this now together. Other, otherwise, the the force, the forces of reaction, which which have immense power and all the weapons, will grab it. 
But the chances to grab it, and because uh, because they, they're they're on the back foot now globally. They're not presenting this to the world, but they are they are they have actually have to just shift shift their weight onto the back foot now this week last week. Mm. You know. Oh, good. It definitely feels like the yeah. uh, the far right are. Uh, yeah. But more are losing their power faster than I've I've known it for a while. So Seems like it, yeah. yeah. But but but, but is, is are are the are the are the, um, the humans coalescing quickly enough? Seems to be very strongly pro ceasefire. And actually, I think once Do they've got that, if that happens, yeah. if it does happen, and we don't just have World War Three, yeah. Um, I think they'll want more. Once well, they've had that victory of the ceasefire, they will want more than yeah. that. Well, I, I, I think Biden's crumbling under the pressures, or, or the and his administration. I don't crumbling, but they're definitely back. They're, they're backpedalling, but they're doing it so that they, that they're hoping nobody will notice. Which shows <laughs> We're you noticing, how, guys. Which we shows are you noticing. how dumb, dumb they are. And you can see, yeah. you can see this in the case of Keir Starmer. He oh, really is doing that. Bloody Starmer. He's trying to make it oh. seems like he was consistent from the start. The thing is, was he blindly parroted the Americans at the beginning? That was what he did. And he thought he'd go down just great and make him look statesmanlike. And then suddenly, surprise, surprise, wakes up one morning and everybody hates the fucker. <laughs> because yeah. he's a cold, immoral, soulless, you know. Ghoul. Ghoul. He's yeah. a ghoul. And he gets called a ghoul about once every... Five seconds. Well, every 50th of a second, you know, on social media. Yeah. It scrolls up, times a ghoul, so, you know. Yeah, and the thing that I'm finding particularly satisfying uh, is that they crucified uh, Jeremy Corbyn for saying, well, I think killing all the Palestinians is a bad thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And now they're having to do it themselves. They're, they're being forced to sort of back off and kind of take the Corbyn stance. I mean, they're not doing it willingly. They're kicking and screaming. They actually mm. have to be dragged by the hair yeah. to even make a slight nod in this direction. But they are being forced to for the very thing that they crucified Corbyn for. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're backpedalling, like, but they're they're trying to do it like sixteenth of an inch at a time, and they're nobody notices, and it's not working, and that's no. happening all around around the world. So yeah. it would be a win for the the people of the street, for for a, for a proper ceasefire. The United yeah. Nations is calling for it. United Nations, um, um, refugee department, whatever, calling for it. Chinese Communist Party is calling for it. Pretty well, all the trade unions in the world are calling for it. In response to the the Gazan trade unions putting out a call for fraternal assistance from their trade their brother and sister trade unions around the world, and they and they've they've got up and done it. Uh, the the the, tra the trade unions in, in the Greek in Greece in the docks where where a lot of sort of European arms find their way to Israel are refusing to transport it. Mick Lynch right. stood up at the rally last Saturday and said as much. You know, he says there's got to be a ceasefire. So our unions are calling for it. And they speak for, even though unions are, are sort of very down in the UK compared with what they used to be, there's still several million people in trade unions in the United Kingdom. Several million. They are a big block of people. And their elected representatives are calling for a ceasefire. And I said most of the Latin, Latin American countries all the Arab countries, of course, you know. The Pope, 
There is a little kind of glimmer in this, but but really, you know, the the, the horror is continuing at this this moment, and it it just has to stop. It's it, the, the horror is off the scale. Stop, yeah. stop. For every for your even for your own sake, stop. Yeah. You know. Well, I think we still are in a in a, a state where really not knowing what on earth is coming next. Um, we're obviously putting all our energy towards a better world. <laughs> okay, so I think that's probably everything that we've we've got to say on this at the moment. There's uh, things are unfolding very quickly, and it's still very very hard to tell. Still very hard to tell which way all of this is going to go. But there definitely are glimmers of hope, mm. and. Certainly all my energy is, is going towards the deep fervent wish that very soon we will live in a world where genocide will never happen again. So I hope everyone found that interesting and we will speak to you again soon.